The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. This is Waddle and Sylvie on WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. A good karma brand's radio station. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. It's time for Dan Durkin's Nerd Notes. You are a huge nerd. With Waddle and Sylvie. Bears got a great team this year. They're going to go all the way. A thorough dive into the All-22 coaches tape. If you want to get all nerdy and all geeky on it, check out Durkin's YouTube channel, The All-22 Review. Film breakdown of the Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah. Follow Dan Durkin on Twitter at DJ Durkin. Get those nerds! Nerd Notes on ESPN 1000. I miss Dan. Yeah, I've talked to Dan in quite some time. The Bears season wrapped up, so Dan went on a little bit of a hiatus. But with the Super Bowl and the playoffs now in the book, what better time to catch up with Dan Durkin as he joins us right now on the Carax Tire and Auto Hotline. Dan, initial thoughts from the Chiefs' Super Bowl victory over the Eagles this past Sunday. And uh, hello to you. It's been a little while, my man. Yeah, how you guys been? Um, I, I thought it was a wonderful Super Bowl. I mean, the the only lament for me was I was riding a twenty five to one Eagles preseason Ooh, ticket that didn't come through for me. So did not know I was, that. I was very high on the Eagles this season, so I, I was able to cash in on a couple. They were they were the team that I thought was the most complete heading into the season, and much like you know the situation that the Bears are, are going to find themselves in, I would assume in a couple seasons is. Can their quarterback get them over the hump? Because if you think about how the Eagles had been built was, hey, we, we have a guy that we think we, we like here. We have the right infrastructure on the, both sides of the line of scrimmage. Now we go out and get A.J. Brown. We bring in a new coach. And now we're cooking. And, and so I think that the progress that Jalen Hurts made this year was so significant where you think about how Justin needs to develop as a passer. And I think it also just changed kind of like the conventional wisdom of the type of quarterback that you need to succeed and win with in the NFL. So there are a lot of Bears ties to that. Now, when it comes to the Chiefs, I mean, it's hats off to Andy Reid. I mean, I'm sure you guys probably saw this. They found a little, you know, like a, a little problem with how the Eagles matched stacked coverage, specifically stacked coverage from motion. So you go back to the Travis Kelsey touchdown, the first one, he motions down. They get a little confused about who's got his responsibility. They're late. He runs that little, like, he ran like a whip inside and then hit it to the outside. He's wide open. He broke leverage that way. And then the last two touchdowns that they threw, the Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, I mean, guys, those were walk-ins, and it was the same idea. Motion down to a stack, create some confusion about who has who out of that stacked alignment, and it was just two layup touchdowns. And so if the Eagles defense makes one stop in that second half, we're talking about Eagles as Super Bowl champs. So I think that all in all, very encouraging for the Bears in terms of the type of quarterback they have. But the biggest gap now that you see is how deficient they are on both sides of the line of scrimmage relative to the two teams that we saw this past weekend. Before we get to making the Bears a better franchise, um, you, you know, you look at Mahomes and both of those touchdowns you described. The degree of difficulty was about a one, if, and, and that's probably being that's probably being generous. But with that said, he was brilliant. 
throughout the course of the game, and he's been brilliant throughout the course of his career. He's, what, six years into this career, five years actually of him playing, two Super Bowl championships, three trips to the big game, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, and his team has been to the AFC title game in every year where he has been the starting quarterback and all those games have taken place at home. Where do you put Patrick Mahomes now in the pantheon of great quarterbacks, and where is he headed, in your opinion, Dan? I mean, he's already on the Mount Rushmore, isn't he? When you think about how many people, Dan Marino is probably the only one that I can think, because I'm old enough to have watched him when I was younger, like just that could throw the ball with such ease to any any area of the field from any lower body platform uh, with just minimal effort. You know, his shoulders don't even need to be turned the right way in order for him to make every throw in the book. So I think that physically he does things that very few, maybe Marino's the only one that could do it as far as just pure arm talent. But now to your point, like, what do you have, six incompletions in that game? I mean, he, he just navigated one in the, the second pocket. half. One, one incompletion yeah. in the second half. Right. He just navigated the pocket so well. Uh, he sees the field so well. You're not going to be able to trick him. He's mo- always mobile enough. I mean, he's fantastic. I mean, he, he's already making that case to be one of the, the best ever. And I think we've been spoiled with some really good quarterbacks over the last, you know, you think about the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's of the world. But, I mean, he, he's already in that conversation as one of the greatest ever. And we're talking about a guy who's, what, 27, 28 years old, somewhere yeah. around there. So yeah. his future is so bright. You you wonder if it's ever going to become boring for him because who 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 else in the AFC is really going to lay competition uh, to, to, to stay with him? It's always going to be him and, and somebody else. I, I think that they are just so far ahead of every other team simply because of the person that they have at quarterback. But now I think just the hard reality check that they did after losing the Super Bowl to the Bucks. You go out and you get Orlando Brown, you get Joe Tooney in free agency, you draft Creed Humphrey, you draft Trey Smith. And so they did all of the right moves since then to say, we're not going to lose because our offensive line is deficient. We have a great quarterback. You get rid of Tyreek Hill and you win a Super Bowl. I mean, how many teams could do something like that? It's just, it's, it's a wonderful, um, I think, just compliment to Brett Beach and what he has done with the Chiefs. All right, Dan, to the Chicago Bears. When I was just looking over Jeff's shoulder uh, at the break coming in, and they were playing, ESPN was playing a video of Justin Fields and the headline, the tweet from Jason LaConfora that suggests that several, I guess it was, Mary. I'll give it more than one. This is per LaConfora yesterday. Quote, more than one NFL general manager came away from the Senior Bowl fairly convinced that Justin Fields will be dealt. What do you make of of that in particular, Dan, and you know, obviously, this is the time of season, time of the year where a lot of these conversations will take place. Some in that direction, some in the opposite direction. What do you make of that and others? It's lying season. I mean, I've been down to Mobile, you know, multiple times. I remember, you know, and the work that I've done in the past with guys who are were former, um, you know, assistant GMs and scouts in this town for this particular team. And, you know, I go to you know, the first time I went there, I was like, whoa, I heard this from so-and-so, and I heard this from so-and-so. They were just sitting there chuckling. We're having a beer at, at one place. And they're like, don't fall for anything that you hear down here. He's like, this is a chance for people to start smoke screens and, you know, creating, um, you know, just mirages about what their actual intentions are. And so I think when it's so obvious that the Bears' true intention here is to trade down, you need to create at least some doubt in people's mind about that and say, hey, maybe they are considering it. If, if we really are going to – 
you know, like, like they're, they're trying to create other options here. I think more than anything else, I think that it, it is pure lying season. And it, you know, from, from my perspective, so kudos to whoever was the mole that got that out there and, and got that into the Twitter verse to make people think that this is actual reality. I don't buy it for a second. And, and the way that I think about this now is the bears have, you know, fairly decent leverage with that first pick. Uh, the, the competition now for, for somebody is the Arizona Cardinals at three because they too probably will not be in the market for a quarterback. So can you convince somebody to leapfrog the Houston Texans or can you convince the Houston Texans that somebody else is going to potentially come up and get their guy? So I, I think that the Bears hold all the cards here from a leverage perspective. And if a deal doesn't manifest for them, I think that they're in a great spot to really uh, you know figure out who it is, whether it's Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, that they think will move the needle from a deal defensive line perspective. So I don't buy the speculation one bit. Dan Durkin joining Waddle and Sylvie Miller in for Sylvie here on ESPN 1000. Dan, curious, you mentioned both Jalen Carter and Will Anderson there. Do you think Ryan Poles has the flexibility or should he have the flexibility to go even farther down the draft board where if he gets what he wants to hear, it is okay and acceptable considering all the holes they do seem to have on this roster to move back farther if you can get a complete haul in this you know in regards to future picks uh potentially in different drafts as well yeah i I think that you you were going to want to stay in that top 10 though i I really think that when i assess and i'm I'm just getting going in in terms of like getting scratching into like the guys maybe third or fourth round rounders at this point in time i think that this is a very deep edge class i think that there's some really good edge rushers in this class there's going to be guys that are you know, fringe first round picks that are going to go to the one in the forties and like the early fifties. So that to me, that position in particular edge is very, very strong in this particular draft. I think it's a very strong cornerback draft too. There's some really good corners in this draft. And those are two positions. I think the bears will be interested in not necessarily corner in the first round, definitely edge early. If you're talking about one of those top 10 picks, I think it's a really good running back draft. You know, I think that. Isaiah Pacheco further proves you don't spend early capital or free agent capital on a running back because you can always find a guy late in the draft, but it's a very good running back class. But I think if you can stay in that top 10, you're going to assure yourself of, let's say, if you drop drop down to like eight or nine, somewhere around there, like Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech or maybe uh, uh, Miles Murphy from, from Clemson. I think there's some really good top 10 talents that aren't what I could consider to be the same caliber as as Will Anderson, but Tyree Wilson fits the the what I would think would be the Eberflus profile. Really long arm, very disruptive, can play out on the edge, can move inside as well. You think about what they did with DeForest Buckner. They took a guy who was a traditional end and moved him to three technique, and now all of a sudden he's overwhelming guards. Murphy is a guy who has all the physical skills in the world. He just does not put it together on a consistent basis, so can he hit that in the NFL? I think it's a really strong draft class from, from an edge perspective. But it also comes back to what are they doing free agency? Yes. And I, I really admit very interested to see where they prioritize their free agent dollars because I think they have a chance to make their both their offensive and defensive lines better in free agency, and I, I hope that that's the route that they go. That's where I was going, Dan. Like a lot of what they will be entertaining with regard to that number one overall selection will, in fact, be t- tied to what they come away with in free agency. Correct. So if you can get out of there with pain as a free agent signee. Then do you maybe lean more towards Anderson, an edge rusher, or vice versa? If you find an edge rusher in free agency, do you lean more towards being willing to take Carter? Like, there are going to be some options for them to fill some holes before the draft gets here. 
Com- completely agree, and I think I think you hit it right on the head. I think one of the uh, most important uh, you know, job responsibilities or like plans that a, a, a GM needs to have in the off season is you need to weigh the strengths of the free agent class and you need to weigh the strengths of the free agent class because I, I think that where you understand that one is deeper or lighter than another and you feel that you have an acute need at that particular position might force you to quote overpay for somebody in free agency because you need you know you need to shore this up and when you look at the draft class you're like eh, I don't know if I'm really going to get the person that we want so you might that that's the type of calculus that they need to do going in going into this but I think that the Bears could very conceivably walk away from free agency with a new starter at right tackle I think they could walk away from free agency with a new starter on the interior of the offensive line, be it a center or a guard, I think they can make a, a significant improvement on their defensive line. So you talk about Deron Payne, another name I'll throw out there is Draymond Jones from the, the Denver Broncos. And so now you think about Deron Payne, he's a guy paired up with Jonathan Allen uh, that can play, you know, that's a, just a fantastic interior combination. Uh, Deron Payne can play nose or three technique. So now do you, do you want somebody on the interior or do you want somebody like Draymond Jones who could play five techniques? So, you know, outside of an offensive tackle and three technique. And so you, you have some choices. You have, you have different profiles of players that might determine where you go to your exact point in the draft. Do you get a Marcus Davenport? Do you get a Yannick Ngakwe? Do you go after, you know, Jadavian Clowney? There's some options for them to improve their defensive line that will very significantly then change the structure of their draft plan. So I'm very interested to see what they do simply because they must come away with, I think, an offensive line or two, two starters in, in free agency. The defensive line in free agency has a lot of options. They don't have that one you know, like really stellar three technique that I think that the Bears need, but I think that they could find a person that could be serviceable in that particular particular role. So if you like Justin Jones, maybe you go after Deron, Deron Payne. If you like what you see in maybe Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson, maybe you go for Draymond Jones. So it's like, it all comes down to how they're evaluating this, but I do think that they have a chance to make some significant improvements along both sides of the line of scrimmage and free agency, which is absolutely where they need to start. Yeah. Back to the Super Bowl for a minute, Dan, uh, with the Eagles, and we talked a lot about the Chiefs and their success. Of course, the Eagles had a very good game against the Chiefs. They, of course, made one critical mistake that really resulted in the Chiefs being able to go ahead and win that one thirty-eight to 35 but Jalen Hurts played really well for the most part, and one of the things I was talking to Waddle about earlier is Nick Sirianni really embracing the analytics of going for it on fourth down, especially in situations where it would increase their win probability by more than 1%. He was definitely willing to take that adventure, and Jalen Hurts rewarded him. They had a very effective play that we've talked about a lot, the two-cheek sneak or the tush-push, as some call it. And so I'm curious your thoughts on that play in particular, the you know the rugby scrum that uh, we were discussing earlier, which uh, Sean Payton is apparently not in favor of. He'd like but to see going the to employ it yeah, until he, it's outlawed. But it sounds like he'd like to see the league outlawed. So I'm curious your thoughts on that play in particular. Is it something you think the Bears could benefit maybe embracing a little bit if it is not indeed outlawed? And just the whole idea of the advantage you gain as an offense when you know you're willing to go for it in those fourth and short situations, the huge advantage you gain, particularly on third downs as an offense. So I knew, I know I throw a, throw a lot at you there though. Yeah. So yeah. please feel free to break it down. Your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, outlawing that play would be ridiculous from my perspective mm-hmm. because what is what is so out of bounds about doing that? You know, like I, I really would struggle to think about the mental gymnastics the NFL would have to go to to explain why that is an illegal play considering the current construct of how the game's been played. Okay, protected. real quick, let's interject this because it's something Jeff and I talked about. When you factor in stopping the forward momentum or the forward motion of a ball carrier, even for a split second, when does the official say that that he has come to you know basically a stop. a stop when somebody can come flying in at the last second and then propel you forward? Well, I mean, I think about like you know years, decades ago. What about a, a running back that was stuck at the line of scrimmage, and then all of a sudden a, a linebacker or a, a lineman would come behind him and help him right. push the pile forward? Same so thing. I, I, I totally struggle. They put a chip in the ball and have some sort of like mathematic measure that says once the ball reaches this speed, we're going to consider it dead and make it some sort of like algorithm based based decision because otherwise it's completely subjective. That's why I really struggle with thinking about how you would adjudicate that like in a, in a fair manner across because it comes down to you know somebody's judgment. So yes, I would like to see the Bears incorporate that a little bit more. Go back to the game that they played against the Commanders three times inside of the five yard line. They score on any of those. It's a different ball game. So there, there's many instances where you think about how they could use that. But the other part that I like too is just like, you know, the willingness to, to include uh, the, the running back, you know, like the power game, they ran the running back, the quarterback power game. They ran a, they ran a counter play with, with Hurts a couple times. They ran him on the two-point conversion to tie the game. So entrusting him, and that's what I keep talking about, they, they broke this whole idea of what conventional ways to win and move the football is. If you have a weapon at the quarterback position that's good with his legs, use it. And, and, and Hurts, he made risks, risky throws with his, throughout the game to keep the ball moving. So he He's a very well-rounded playmaker like I think Justin can become as well. I love the idea of going forward on fourth down as well because, to your point, it changes very much how you're approaching third down. If it's third and four, you're okay with only getting two yards if you know you're automatically going to go for it on fourth down. So I really like the, quote, risk that you know some of these different coaches are now taking with regards to using all four downs that they have. So I, I, I really think, like I, like I said, there were so many ties to the Bears as I was watching this game simply because I think that Jalen Hurts changed the narrative very significantly, and I think that it gives the Bears a lot to think about what they have with their current weapon and fields. Dan, when we talk about, we, we, I think you and I had this conversation a while back as the season was progressing towards the progressing towards the tail end of it uh, on the topic of surrounding Justin with with more talent at the wide receiver position. I think you and I were on the same page. Like you've got a big body receiver in Chase Claypool. Um, hopefully he'll he'll be better at at going up and and using his body and high pointing the football. That's a different conversation for a different time. But the way in which Justin sees the field, it may be better for the Bears to get some of the quicker twitch guys who have the capacity to separate from defenders. Please explain that to our listeners, where you and I were kind of on the same page, meaning that maybe getting another big wide receiver like Michael Pittman is a guy that people have talked about in a trade with. With the Colts may not be the right way to go. It may be somebody who can get away from guys and create that separation, which then inspires Justin to throw the football. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And this is something that I, I you know, 
I have a lot of passion and energy about this topic that I think that the, the Bears have chosen the wrong profile as far as the, the, the acquisitions that Ryan Poles has made to date at the wide receiver position. And what I mean by that is exactly the point that you're making. They need to place a premium on route running opposed to a big body in order to create throwing lanes down the field. And I'll, just, I'll make it really, really simple. When you go back and you watch Justin at Ohio State, his targets were Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Chris Olave. None of those guys would play power forward on a basketball team. They would all be point guards, right? And so now you have guys that win with their feet, not guys who win with their hands to separate at the top. When I think about these big body guys, it almost takes me back to like the Cam Newton days when they knew that he was you know, not as accurate, so they went out and got a Kelvin Benjamin and a Greg Olson because his accuracy at the actual throwing point wasn't as good. So they needed guys with a catching radius. That's not Justin. Justin needs guys who are going to break leverage early to make his reads simpler and to make his reads more defined. He is not yet a fully anticipatory thrower to where he's like, oh, I know that's going to come open now. But if his receiver is winning earlier in the route, that makes his picture that much clearer. And so I would encourage Bears fans, just as like a little fun thought exercise, go out there and watch Zay Flowers from from your own Boston College. Oh, yeah. Very familiar with him. That is somebody who I think would fit so perfectly in the Bears' offense in the slot as a guy who is a magnificent route runner that creates separation so early that your pitcher as a quarterback, like, oh, he's wide open. I'm getting him the ball now. Getting the ball out quicker. You don't have to wait for a guy to come open, like these bigger guys to come open. Get guys who win with their feet. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, those guys like that are the model that I would be going after in terms of Justin's going to take an additional turn of the crank as a passer by having that slight difference in the type of people that he's throwing the ball yeah. to. I think it's a great point, and I think it's something that a lot of people kind of overlook, but uh, very well described. Dan Durkin, the Bears are one step closer to playing future home games in Arlington Heights as we got word yesterday that they are completing their purchase agreement. What are your thoughts about potentially the Bears opening a stadium in Arlington Heights and, of course, as Justin Fields requested, hopefully a dome? A dome. I, I'm all for it. I think that um, there, the the fact that the Charter franchise doesn't own their own stadium, this is a chance to remedy that and, and just really become fully modern when it comes to all the amenities that, from a business perspective, put a put a sports book in there, put a mall in there. I, I always go back to when I was traveling with the team and I went out to um, Foxborough to watch the, the Patriots game. They have this just like palace set up around the stadium so you don't even need to have a ticket to the game in order to make you know for the team to make money off you because they have all these different restaurants and stuff like that you can come to the park and watch the game there and you're, you're spending your money there on the same product so i think of something like that that the ease of transportation is another variable that you need to think about how much easier it would be to get in and out of the stadium and just how you have a chance to start and envision this the stadium from scratch put a dome on top of it i am all about it neutralize the elements in certain situations yes i know people talk about bear weather go run the numbers on bear weather and yeah. you will not like the results <laughs> right. that you get from that analysis so it just to me i i think it's a win all around just from a revenue perspective a fan experience perspective and just you know a, a chance to modernize across the board Dan, thanks for hopping on. We appreciate it. Good catching up, man. Great. Thanks, yeah, take Dan. Take care, guys. That is, care. D- that is Dan Durkin joining us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Waddle. Yes. Why is Nick Friedel tw- trending on Twitter? I have no idea. Is it because he's scheduled to appear at the ESP 1000 25th anniversary uh, party? I don't know. Maybe. Is that it? You tell us. 312-332-3776. We'll share that with you and talk a little bulls coming up next. 
Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Waddle and Sylvie, Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget, we announced the 25th anniversary celebration, the biggest party of the year. Guests from ESPN 1000's 25-year history will be in attendance. You do not want to miss this one. It is Friday, March 24th, Waddle. Doors open at 11 a.m. Live show starts from 12 to 6 at the House of Blues. I'll be there. You will indeed. I will be there. If you would like to attend, you can purchase tickets at LiveNation.com. Just search for ESPN Chicago. Of course, we've already told you that we've got the reunion of Mac Yurko and Harry during the Carmen and Yurko show from 12 till 2. And some special guests scheduled to appear that we announced today. Jay Cutler. Yes. Jay is supposed to be there for sure. Robbie Gold. Yes. Eddie Olchek. Eddie O. Fabulous. We heard him the other day. We did. Still stay in touch with him via text every now and again. Jordan and Shay Cornette. Oh, yeah. Part of Cap and Company in the early days. Absolutely. Sarah Spain. Long Great f- to have Sarah back. Well, she still lives here. In yes, Chicago. yes. She'll be in attendance. Lou Canellis. Sweet Fred- Lou. We worked with Lou forever. Freddie Hubner. Freddie! What's in your can? What's up? What is it? What was it? What's what's up? Fred's what's can. up? Fred's can. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, uh, Ray Flores. Ray, the great ring announcer. Ray Flores. Many more as well, and also Nick Friedel, who is currently trending on Twitter. What is Watts. that all about? What's going on? So, as you may or may not be aware, Nick Friedel. He used to cover the Nets. Yes. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving were there. They were a big story. Kyrie Irving is now in Dallas, where I don't believe the Mavericks have won since he has uh, Started, been yeah. part of the, the group. That is correct. And well, uh, Kevin Durant is now in Phoenix. Is, is he, Nick headed to the desert? That looks like that is the plan, my man, because uh, Nick Friedel is posting photos in Phoenix, as he is walking apparently through the what do they call it there? The um, the desert? No, no, the stadium. That's the name of the stadium. Talking Stick. I don't know. Yeah, Talking Stick uh, Arena. Okay, is that what it is? I Talking Stick you. is a golf course there, isn't it? Yeah, they, I think like sponsor? the resort. The resort sponsors the the oh, arena. Okay, cool. So yeah, so Nick is uh, apparently walking through, but it looks like uh, he might have drawn the Phoenix Suns beats. And that is, I don't know what gets you trending. I, well, he's I, posting I, a lot of photos, and it is going to be the first press conference that he will be covering Kev- in the desert. Well, where and where Kevin Durant. Well, I the Suns have no chance this year, right? If you subscribe to the Nick Friedel, will ruin your chances of winning a championship if he covers your team, right? Nick tweeted that this is the first press conference he's ever covered with the mascot and cheerleaders throwing out T-shirts before it starts. There are about a 1,000 fans in attendance at the press conference for uh, the introduction of Kevin Durant. Okay. He was in the house last night. I was going to say, why hasn't that already happened? I know Kyrie played at least one game with Dallas. Yeah, well, Katie is still nursing the. Uh, oh, that's right. The, well, the I know, injury, but you could right? still you can. But no, you, yeah, you would have thought they might still have introduced him you, even if your knee isn't a hundred percent. Yeah, I would have thought they would have introduced him yesterday before. You Any know, press conferences him. 
happening over here at the UC for anything Bulls related? Hmm. No. Not that I'm aware. No. So he, he mentions the the 1,000 fans in attendance there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, so KD was asked uh, by Nick to sum up his time in Brooklyn, and Nick got booed. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nick got booed? By the yeah. fans? Oh, because he the asked about Brooklyn booing. and not Phoenix. Yeah. Well, do the fans also know that Nick is 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 being blamed for teams I don't not think reaching their potential? They're probably not aware of that. Is the Nick Friedel curse? Is it? I believe it's labeled right. Doesn't? Isn't there? Aren't there some that believe Nick is a curse? When you say some, I you, you're talking about Sylvie. I I don't know. I don't know. And Nick's one of my favorite people on the planet. I know Sylvie's I been. Would a, never attach that term to Nick. Sylvie's been somebody who's. It been would a be a proponent. curse for you if you weren't a friend of Nick Friedel. Mm-hmm. That's I, a blessing. I, I don't subscribe to the Nick Friedel curse. I don't either. Theory. Nor do I. By the way, Tiger Woods is one under par. Uh, he's on the tenth hole. Round one of the that's good. Yeah, that's what do you good. mean is that good? I don't know. I'm I mean, asking, he's not at the this, top. Is this... He's not at the top of the you know the list. Uh, Max Homa is is uh, seven under par on top. John Rahm's six under par, but Tiger's one under par. Just thought I'd give you an update. No, is Tiger I, Tiger legit, back on the course for the first time in twenty twenty three? Asking is that good because I'm not a golf aficionado. Yeah, it's and not I don't as know, good as the leaders. That, but that's where I'm asking is where is he at on the leaderboard? One under is better than even. Well, of course, but not as good as two under. But is this traditionally a low scoring event? Or I wish I you could, know. Is you know? I wish I had a good answer for you, but okay. I can figure that out for you. So I don't know anything about golf, and you know a little bit more than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know traditionally what the Genesis Invitational, what well, the winner's score right. is. but Tyler, you're the host of the golf show. I mean, they, the they usually score pretty we well yeah, I mean, at, at Riviera, don't they? I believe so, yeah. This I'm, sounds like vamping from two guys who are pretending like they... I, I just told you, I don't know. don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. But so I do, I do know that that <laughs> Tiger Woods being one under par is, you know, probably middle of the pack right now. Okay. Tiger I, Woods is currently tied for forty first. That's, that's middle of the pack. There's one hundred fifty six guys. He's, he's, through, he's through ten, right? You said. So uh, yes. So, for me though, when I'm observing Tiger Woods, for me at this point, I want to see how he. Uh, it's great to hear that he's How doing he's pretty moving, well. but not only that physically, but, but like putting a couple good rounds together. Right? Oh yeah, like, like look, that's going to be. Yeah, I'm not overly surprised that he, if he's willing to say I'm going to go out there and compete, I kind of expect him to first day be. Able Tyler to, thinks to he's already score. like on the first hole he played. He looked like he was lumbering. Yeah, and it didn't look great. You could tell he was definitely moving a little slower than... So he's playing with uh, Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. You could tell he's definitely moving a little bit slower than the rest right. of them. But you go, there's also a, like a portion where he's walking where I can't tell if it's, oh, that's like just a different gait that you walk with because you've got golf shoes on or... Or because, it, because part of your calf yeah. is missing because you've had such a catastrophic injury. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I want to see how he... This is his tournament as well, right? Like, he's the host... Yes. Believe it's mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It mm-hmm. benefits I think his charity. Isn't it usually in, in Florida too, right? Uh, or is it always that? Out I, I, maybe I know this one's at Riviera. This is the start of the season, man. This is the start of the golf season. We're you know early or mid February. I told you I have no. Wait. I don't normally no, stay don't. glued hey. to the television for golf until Tiger's involved these days, or it's a major. I rely on Tyler to give me all my golf information. When does the golf show get going there, Tyler? Uh, it starts a week from Saturday. Look at that. 
snuck up on what me, What do you man. have planned for your first show? First show, uh, we will be live from the Chicago Golf Show out yeah. in Rosemont uh, at the convention center. Look at you. And uh, Paige Sporanek and Colton Nose will join us. Wow. Okay. So, should be a lot of fun. Look at that. Sp- yeah. Paige Sporanek. Look at you, buddy. Quite a get. <laughs> That's quite uh, a, listen, quite I don't a book the show. I don't book the show. Oh, so. all right. Well, He's just the host. The He's the man that brings you the knowledge. Kudos to your booker out there. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, okay, so Nick Friedel. So he's trending. Yes. Is that, is that good or bad or is it indifferent? It just means that a lot of people are tweeting about him. Is that what that means? Yes. yes. It just means he's, he's hot in the streets right now. Okay. So for better here, or for worse. Here is Nick Friedel at the Suns press conference earlier today. How would you sum up your time in Brooklyn? How would you sum up your time in Brooklyn? That was Nick, that was Nick laughing <laughs> yes, at the yes, end. That is the both time. Nick. Even the first one, I think, yeah. was Nick. Yes, let's listen to the guy. I think that was the first. I think both times. It was I think Nick. that. Yeah. How would you sum up your time in Brooklyn? How would you sum up your time in Brooklyn? <laughs> That's Nick. <laughs> Good old Nick. I love Nick. Is this the first press conference Nick has? Been asking questions that with a thousand fans in attendance. That I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, look, does that do? Do we kind of casually walk into a conversation about the Chicago Bulls at this point? Or are we yeah, just I, completely? Are you guys just so? I asked you that when we walked in today. I was like, you, you, I mean, are you interested in Bulls conversation, or are you just so, so frustrated and fed up with them that after uh, kicking a 24 point lead away? I don't know what here is. I'm not usually like this. I usually have a destination in mind with the Bulls. I don't know what I'm rooting for. It's full apathy at this it point. It really is. And you know, after blowing that 24 point lead last night to the Indiana Pacers, they fall for the fifth straight time. They're now 26 and 32 on the season, which now puts them with the seventh worst record in the league. They're now six under 500, as you said. They're 26 and 32. They are seven under is their low water mark. So tonight they probably will end the night because they've got the Bucks on TNT, and they, they probably end up with you know they they will tie their lowest their low water mark of the season after tonight's game is over. And so with that loss and um, with the Lakers having won last night, and they looked pretty good with their. Their new, uh, re- new newly yeah. rebuilt roster that they've tried to form around LeBron and Anthony Davis. Now, the late, the Bulls have the seventh worst record in the league, which, if the season ended today, would put them in the lottery and give them a thirty-two percent chance at a top-four pick. And the reason, of course, that that is critical is because if they land in the top four, they do not have to send their draft pick to the Orlando Magic this season. Right. Because of the Vooch trade. So listen, you, you giggled when I said, well, that's obviously the route you got to go because a you know, 32% chance is pretty good, all things considered. And I Less get it. Less than one in three, but still. Well, I get it, but like, Close the, what, to one what, is, what, is, what is the alternative? Like, you want them to sign Russell Westbrook for what? I don't know. It's a fair question. For what? I, I mean, don't know. Listen, I, I don't I, know. I, I just feel like Russell West, Westbrook thrown into this mix could makes be, it a more compelling more, conversation. Them, yes, more interesting. Okay, I would suggest to you that the addition of Russell Westbrook would make them a slightly better basketball team. They will play harder. 
I think. I think his energy, sometimes frantic, would would ultimately, I think, give them a slight boost. How long that boost would last, I do not know. He's not a good three-point shooter. He's at 29%, I think, on the year. Mm -hmm. But I do believe he would make them a better basketball team. And I don't need them to be a slightly better basketball team. For what reason? What does that accomplish? You want them to sneak in as the 10 or the 9 seed? At this point, that just places them firmly in NBA hell. So I would present to you mm -hmm. that the best option for this Bulls team is to bottom out. Not saying that you, 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 you're intentionally blowing games, but I think that oh, no, they, no, no, no. they they're going to do that, do that on, well their on their own. own. Yes. So that's my point. What did we factor? What, what was the, the conclusion so, we came to with regard to if they continue this pace of ineptitude? Well, so here's where it's, it gets critical because with the loss to the Indiana Pacers, the Bulls moved one game closer to the Pacers, who are actually who actually have a worse record than the the Bulls. They are 26-34. The well, here's this is what you're rooting for if you want them to go down the path that you're Which I do because out. I think this is their the, only chance. The, the Pacers have the sixth worst record in basketball right now. They currently would have a 37.2% chance to land in the top four. So 5% better than the Bulls currently have if the Bulls actually end up with a worse record than the Pacers. And the Orlando Magic who would stand to benefit from the Bulls not winning the lottery, have the fifth worst record in the league. They're 24 and 35, so they are two and a half games worse than the Bulls. Right. The Orlando Magic, with the fifth worst record in basketball, currently have a 42.1% chance to land in the top four. So if the Bulls can continue on this bad There's pace dive. of losing basketball games and and somehow some way the pacers and magic can go both past them the bulls will increase their chance of landing in the top four by 10 percent and it will be 42.1 which also would give them a 10 and a half percent chance to land the number one overall pick okay so the, here's the deal you're not going to catch the hornets the Pistons, the Spurs, or the Rockets, because their ineptitude is unreachable. Yeah, they've those teams are 10 games or more worse than the Bulls. Correct. But as you just described, the Orlando Magic is currently, they currently have the fifth worst record in basketball. You can catch them. Yes, you okay? very much can. You're two you and a half can catch games them. They're 24 and 35. Them. You're 26 and 32. You got a three-game lead on them in the That's lost column. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me ask you again the question, as they are currently the Bulls in the 11th spot. Do you think that adding Russell Westbrook would make them a slightly better basketball team? I think, yes. You would have more talent. He's some, they clearly need a point guard. He would fill that void. So, yes, I think which the Bulls would, would be a better team, more likely to make the playing game. Which would then, let's say, get them in anywhere between 7, 8, 9, or 10. Into the playoff tournament, yes. correct? Correct. Play in tournament. I believe so, play yes, The play, play in tournament. tournament. Yep. You're going to tell me that that scenario, what is that going to get you? Like, I would rather see this team find themselves with a 42% chance of getting a top four pick, which means they would then keep their pick. Yes. I think that that, isn't that a, a more desirable you outcome? Right. No, you're right. You're absolutely Have right. Have I convinced and you that yes. Russell Westbrook then does not need to be on this roster? Can, can they sign Russell Westbrook and still 
continue to lose basketball. Tyler thinks that he could help them bottom out. I don't believe that's the case. Uh, Again, I've said it before. I think he does one of two things. Well, I think he does one thing. He removes you from the play-in tournament. He's one way or the other. Shot in the ass (laughs) that puts this team into the top six, and he somehow maybe channels his old Russell Westbrook self. Or he's going to be so destructive that they're not going to be a part of the playing conversation, which is where they currently sit right now. And maybe he even helps bottom this thing out even further to the point where they are in the conversation of maybe the fifth worst team and have a much better chance of landing in the top four and obtaining their pick this year. What would you prefer to see? Um, I, I'm largely indifferent to it all, but I, I would say, like, <laughs> that's what they've which done, is, that's, they've that's done, that's what they've done to all of us. This team's so bad, they can probably take care of business on their own. So why, why would you even let, I guess I would say this, I would say, no, I don't want him here because why would you even want to open the door of possibility of that course, he could inject some point. life in this team? Like I, do you have a scintilla of hope or thought that this team could make any noise in a postseason scenario? No. No, they so, would get swept. So, do, so don't you want them to have... And, and the likelihood is the odds are against them being a top four, getting a top four pick. But wouldn't you like for them to have a 42% chance? Isn't that yeah. the best possible scenario for this team going forward? At the very least, that they would have a chance to keep that pick? Yeah, yeah. No, unfortunately it is. And, and I, you know how it, it's just 42%. We've gotten to the point where that is what you're rooting for because, again, they're not going to get... Any lower than that. It's not a good option, but there isn't a good option. Right? Is there a good option? There there is not. And definitely winning games and making your way into the playoff tournament, well, that would be fun for, what, three days? I I find... You wouldn't even find it fun? No, I think you know how I feel about this. Sylvia and I argue about this all the time. I think it's it's a gimmick made up by the NBA that makes no sense. Agreed. All it does, again... All it does is promote mediocrity because the teams like the Bulls and the Pacers and the Wizards and the Raptors all sit around and pretend that they're competing, they're a competitor for something, and they're not. Well said. Now, somebody, you know, I believe in the past, like last year, wasn't it, that the, I, I guess the Golden State Warriors may be the exception to that rule. But for the most part, if you're a team like the Chicago Bulls, this just gives your organization, your front office, an excuse to wallow in mediocrity. Well, hey, listen, we made it into the playoff, the play-in tournament. No, yeah, there's, it, I, I, I hope that's something they wouldn't actually sell as a positive. This is if, why I'm against adding playoff spots in all sports. Boy, it has gotten grim. 42% chances is what we're crossing what our I'm fingers and hoping to. for. You Boy, saw them I lose a 24-point lead in Indianapolis last night, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, I saw it. I, I, I staggered yet again that they blew another 21-point lead. The third time this season they have blown a lead of 21 points or more. Uh, only eight instances in the NBA. They are the author of three of them. We can bounce that off Michael Wilbon at the top of the year. We can do that. And, uh, it just makes me long for the days when Nick Friedel was covering this <laughs> basketball team. How would you sum up your time in Brooklyn? How would you sum up your time in Brooklyn? Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000.
Nick Friedel gets booed for asking a question about Brooklyn at the Phoenix Suns introductory press conference of Kevin Durant. And Patrick Mahomes gets a standing ovation as he exits a porta potty. Quite the contrast, my friend. I thought that your take on that whole thing was weird. No offense. I don't think Patrick Mahomes should be... Where'd you want him to pee? I think there should have been a bathroom on the double-decker bus that the Chiefs were okay, riding. You should, there's, okay, I'll, sus- I'll subscribe to your theory that there should be one. There's not one. Then what do you want him to do? Would you like some public Listen, urination for your, your Super Bowl you, champion quarterback? I, I think you go down to the bottom... And like you famously on our road trip to Cleveland, pee in a jar. Yes, you find yourself a jar, a bottle. But there's 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 other team members and family members of team members in that bus. There's no bathroom. Where's let he going to do this? Let the boys wash. No, no, we're not going to do that. Like a portal, at, and he had security. Like it was weird. I thought it was weird to get a, to watch your. Why is it weird to use a portalette just because you're Patrick Mahomes? Yes, you're too famous. No porta potties for. Miller being weird on this. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe Patrick Mahomes just wants to be a dude. Yeah, let him be a dude. He's an listen. By all accounts, he's a normal guy. I think you use that. You know, like superpowers at a quarterback position, but he's a normal guy. I think you use that empty Coors Light can. Recycle it. How do you explain that to your left tackle's four-year-old son as you're sitting there on the double-decker bus relieving yourself into a beer can? See, this is how a regular Joe relieves himself at a championship parade. Orlando Brown Jr.'s four-year-old son. I don't know. How do they not have bathrooms on the buses? That's what I'm saying! It's a, it's I a, don't know, it's but a they weird don't. oversight, especially because the Chiefs have won a Super Bowl recently. Listen, they're on a a double-decker bus isn't equipped with a bathroom the same way that maybe a Greyhound is. You're weird. Listen, I I think... I think you're weird about bathroom stuff. Poor Super Bowl planning. Who's responsible for it? I don't know, but... Did did you know what happened? Did Eric Bietemi? Is he the one? Is this why he can't get himself a head coaching job? I have no idea. He can't get a double-decker bus with a bathroom for his team? Poor planning, sure, but this is why Patrick Mahomes is great. Because he is the king of improvisation. And he went out and found a porta potty If I'm pounding Coors Lights the way that Patrick Mahomes was, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to have to go to the bathroom, too. And... I don't think that he had like three or four security guards around him. It wasn't like somebody was going to storm the porta potty and tip it. Up next, that's what I was worried about. Yeah, that's what Charlie back there is where. Oh, we, 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 we need an update you, from Charlie Mr. in the yeah. five o'clock hour yeah, too. Yeah, find out whether or not you needed a porta potty on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. We'll do that. And uh, up next, Wada will ask Wilbon the last time he's used a porta potty. I won't. Join the millions who save hundreds a year by getting Xfinity Internet and mobile together. It's the best of both worlds. You get unlimited data in and out of your home so you can work, learn, stream wherever you are and as much as you want. No worrying about going over your allotted data each month. You are able to stay connected everywhere you go with the combined power of gig speed Wi-Fi at home and the most reliable 5G network on the go. The best thing is when you get Xfinity Internet and mobile together, you also save hundreds of dollars on your wireless bill. But maybe you have family members that need different data options. I know many families have that situation. Well, Xfinity Mobile has you covered. 
You can mix shared and unlimited data options with your family all in one plan, so you are only paying for what you need. To get started, call them at 1-800-XFINITY, visit Xfinity.com, or drop into an Xfinity store today for more details. Savings compared to weighted average of top three carriers based on optimized pricing. Xfinity Internet is required. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Actual savings vary.